This is a Handshake Agency podcast. Welcome to That Sucks, ladies and gentlemen. Presented by Handshake Agency. My name is Troy. I'm Dan Cribb. And uh, welcome to another episode. It is a beautiful, rainy Thursday afternoon here in Perth, Western Australia. So How are you li- feeling today, Dan? <laughs> I'm very nervous. Let's just say that. As we like to remind our listeners at the top of every episode, That Sucks is a podcast where we talk about when the things you love let you down. Uh, today- It's true. Today's topic is one that I brought up to Dan. It may be a little controversial. Or are I'm- you trying to, uh, what's the word, dispel the controversy? Is that what's happening here? I think in and of itself, discussion about this topic- can cause uh, tempers to flare. Um, Which I want to, yeah, I'm very interested about. So, let's just get right to it, Dan. The The topic today is about a band that I don't hate by the name of Nickelback. Uh, sh- 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 Nickelback, you heard it here first. Troy N- loves Nickelback. I don't love Nickelback, but I don't hate Nickelback. Gotcha, which is enough. You've, you've, you've chosen a side. I've chosen, I've you- chosen the side of light and love. Light and love. And that is the side of Nickelback, rather so- than... Death and despair and misery, like some of these Nickelback haters. Some of these trolls out there. So, so what, what made you think of this? You just randomly, as we were wrapping the last episode, we we're leaving and you're like, oi, we should do this. Yeah, you know what? I don't really know why what came to me at that moment, but I find Nickelback's one of those bands that it's just like chocolate to me, where I can just eat it at any time. And I'm like, yeah, I don't always feel like eating chocolate. Don't necessarily need to eat chocolate. And it makes you feel but like I shit just, if you have too much of it. Yeah. <laughs> But sometimes the mood strikes me. So, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much why I wanted to do it. I've been a Nickelback apologist for a few years now. <laughs> apologist? Yeah, that's kind of the best way of, I think, talking about it. Because I, I guess it was like I was on the hate train for a long time. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. For, for sort of like silly reasons. Because they're one of those bands. I will probably get to this, but they're one of those bands where you just, you jump on like, oh, Paddle Pop Lion. Oh yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. But yeah, I just kind of didn't like them, but at the same time, I never really listened to them. So I remember my first experience was the song, How You Remind Me in like 2001 or two. And I thought it was actually a really good song and I really liked it. And then, um, a couple of years go by and it's like, no, no, there's, there's shit. And then do you know what happened in like 2013, 14, it's roughly around then a couple of things happened. And this is kind of what turned me onto, uh, off the, off the hate train. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'll- actually that's, I love that you said those dates cause I've got a history here that kind of lines up nicely with what, you, what you've said. Yeah. Well, a couple of things happened in particular. I guess like the first thing was, you know, I do a lot of these gigs, like a lot of cover gigs and stuff. And there's a few songs we were playing, for one of them being um, Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. Do you know that song? If I heard it, I would. It's a good song. It's like a, like 80s ZZ Top. So it's kind of like almost dancey-ish. Anyway, Nickelback did a version of that at like the Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame, one of those type of gotcha. inductions, I think maybe for ZZ Top. And I listened to it and I was like, man, this is really good. Like his voice was really good. It was really aggressive. It kind of fit the style. The band like smashed it. And I thought it was really cool. And then I was talking to a friend of mine and my friend was saying, you know, have you heard Nickelback do Metallica? And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, there's a couple covers on YouTube of Nickelback playing Metallica songs. Yeah. And so I went and listened to them do Sad But True, which you're not really a Metallica fan, are you? Not really. Well, 
uh, Sabatru is just like a really cool, like crushing riff. And I, they did it at a, some festival in like, I don't know, Germany or something. And it was fucking awesome. Like they nailed it. As much as a band can nail a cover of a song, yeah, yeah. like they killed it. So that happened. And um, so I, started, I was like, oh, you know, some of these Nickelback covers are actually pretty cool. Like maybe I should check them out. And I was talking to a friend of the show, Chris Reeve, actually, at the time. We were, he and I were playing a lot of gigs together. And I said, oh, man, you know, I've, I've seen some of these Nickelback covers and they're pretty good. And he said, man, the best gig I ever went to in my life was seeing Nickelback play here in Perth. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And um, within the space of a couple of weeks, I was, um, I was talking to some other friends and just talking about Nickelback. And two other people said to me, Nickelback in Perth is the best gig that I've ever seen but don't tell anyone I ever said that. <laughs> I love that. It's probably sold out as well, right? It probably, yeah. Mm. And um, so I was kind of like, oh, I better check this band out. So then from that point on, my mum actually had a few Nickelback CDs. And at the time, back in the early 2000s, or early 2010s, uh, we'd still maybe use CDs once in a while. We didn't have Spotify. So I remember grabbing the CDs and driving around in my car and being like, I kind of like this. The music that I record and produce, like the, the rock stuff, Nickelback's like a pretty good benchmark of what that style of music is. Yeah. So I started listening to it for production Did value, and I was hard like, rock. Yeah, like if you want to talk about what they are, or is it like polished hard rock? I think the best description of it, at least the early stuff, is post nineties grunge. Have you ever heard that term before? Yeah. Yeah. PNG. Um, like the image. Yeah. Another word that I've, another descriptor I've heard of it is um, butt rock. <laughs> what? Yeah. Butt, like B-U-T-T, butt yeah. rock. Um, <laughs> I didn't think of anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I know, I just think it's really funny, but it's just, um, yeah, really highly polished, like rock music. It's kind of, Nickelback in particular verges into heavy metal a little bit. Which is part of the, where the hate started, which I'll talk about that in yeah, a bit. Yeah, but I think fundamentally Nickelback's a pop band and also, if I was to give them another descriptor, they're kind of a country band. Oh yeah, I hear a, I hear a bit of country music influence. So Nickelback, if I don't Which, know how much uh, of the by, history, you know, built in a lot of people hate country. Well, that's maybe true. that's what they're picking up on. They just go, Ugh. it's possible. But you know, like Nickelback is a Canadian band. Yeah, yeah, and Canada Thanks. is <laughs> Canada is a massive marketplace for country music. So uh, something that I maybe I'm imagining this, but I feel like. There's there's a country flair embedded okay, into their so what, sound. So what they did was they got they got metal music and put country into it. Yeah, <laughs> which pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> I've I've described them as a heavy metal country band to people before, and they've um they've looked at me with disgust and like particularly friends of mine. Oh, that fans exact, have said that. Uh, well, f- no friends of mine that hate Nickelback oh, and okay. love metal. When I'm like, no, they're a heavy metal country band. Like, they're not metal. It's like, calm yeah, down. Yeah. It, well. You know, it's funny what you said, right? All the arguments, I'll run through some of the main things people say when they say that they don't like Nickelback. Yep. The funny thing is nobody's really ever talking about how talented they are. It's yep. usually their sound, like, oh, you know, uh, their music's bland, it's generic, all their songs sound the same, mm-hmm. they're lame. But so for you hearing them play other people's music, that makes sense that you'd be like, oh, okay, maybe this, these guys yeah. are all right. And it then the-, the fact that people will see them live, get to see that their talent live will go, oh, okay, maybe their songs aren't that good when you first hear them, but watching them live, now I get it. Yeah, it's one of these things like, what do you listen to music for? Like everyone listens to music for different reasons. Some people are about lyrics and only lyrics. They don't care about the fidelity of the music they listen to. I've, I've definitely been through phases considering all the production and recording that I do where all I listen to is 
how clean and polished is the recording sound? How vibey does it sound? I've been through phases of my life when all I wanted to listen to was the most technical musicianship and I didn't really care about anything else. Yeah. So again, what are you listening to the music for? And um, yeah, for me, I never looked at them for any of those reasons until it was sort of pointed out, like what was said from a talent perspective, oh yeah, they can play. Which, I mean, I'll be honest, it doesn't take like immense talent to play other people's music. And I've been doing it, like, I guess professionally for about a decade now. And I just kind of rock up and do it. Like, it's not, I don't sweat it too much. But they're really good at it. And then when I kind of, the switch was flicked to be like, take them a little bit more seriously and check out some of the other elements of what they do. I was invested. I'm like, yeah, they're cool. How do you rectify another big thing people point to is their lyrics? So, like, how would you rectify something, say like the 2003 track figured you out the one like i like your pants around your feet <laughs> like how do you <laughs> well look okay to me it's it's just a really like dumb lyric and i've read some stuff so i did some research today dan oh i'm so you I made me so happy when that. you messaged me i know i did some research i looked i got some facts i got some data i got some spreadsheets and some pie charts that's my up. job we'll upload them to the website www.thatsucks.com.au uh, what well, actually is that a website you keep talking i'm gonna look <laughs> it up but a lyric like that, it's, I've heard people refer to it as being kind of misogynistic, which I see that too. You could almost- Oh, uh, not safe for work. That sucks.com.au is not safe for work. <laughs> .com.au? .com.au. Oh, no shit. It's bad. Oh, we'll check that nah, one out. Nah, no, no, no one's taken it. Sorry, oh. continue. So, uh, there, is some well, in, there is some inbuilt misogyny definitely in those lyrics. Yeah, I'm not like applauding lyrics like that, but- I, I hear a lot of their lyrics as just being like really dumb. And also his voice. It's easy to, to parody. Look at this photograph. See, I take exception to that. I think he's a very, very good singer. But everyone's... Uh, everyone's doing that tone, but it's like, yeah, he's got a gravelly voice, but it's like really difficult to sing like that. He's I got just a, did it. You didn't do it the way he does it. Yeah, you, you do a parody of it. Look but it's at like, this graph. To sing like... Well, you do gigs like... You know what it's like to sing. Well, have you? What's the longest gig you've ever done? Like an hour. An hour. The longest gig I've ever done is six sets of forty-five minutes. And could you could you sing like that for? No, it's really hard. I, the longest gig that I've done, and yeah, I've done gigs. The longest gig I've done straight is three hours straight, no break. Singing like that. Let's no, the singing like. That's what I'm saying. It's like they do probably two hour gigs, yeah, but, but it, it's really difficult to sing like that, that for a sustained period of time, like an hour as is well. Is he putting that voice on? No, that's just like, that's the way he sings. And I've got, I've got things to talk about with that too. Gotcha. But it's like his style of rock vocals is not like unique to him, but it's not easy to do because it's from a te- like an actual technical voice perspective, it's not the way you should sing. And I can, do you want me to, I'll sing like that. All right, go on. Look at this photograph. Every time I do it makes me laugh. It's like, it's got that screamy, yelly thing on it. If you don't do it right, you blow your voice out and you can't sing. And I know a lot of people that can't sing like that or that can, and they only get like 10 minutes and they have to throw up. (laughs) But he's, he's able to sustain it for a whole year. It's like, it's very difficult to sing like that. Um, so, right, I'm, I'm going to give him props for that. We'll go We'll go more into that soon. Can I just quickly give you a bit of a history of the hate that I kind of found? Like, a- Well, before you do that, can you tell me your experience with this band? Because I want to know, like, what do you think of this band? My experience of, like, my- It's one of those things where my opinion of the band, like, I've never really given them a chance because they've always been known as that joke of a band. Like, yeah. I have never really taken them seriously or looked at them any other way than- mm-hmm. They're tacky and kind of gross. Yep. 
So um, in like 2001, 2002, whenever I heard How You Remind Me, so I was like 13, 14, you were like 11, 12 or something like that. So you were like, you were not jumping on the like hard rock, heavy metal bandwagon uh, at no. that time. You were probably, I don't know, playing Pokemon or something like oh, that. Oh man, I still- yeah. Mario Kart. You got me. So- you, you wouldn't have jumped on right at that point and then you went into punk rock music. So, you you sort of like never stuck your toe into that other genre of music. You kind of just avoided it completely. So, I can't I can't imagine like your friends and your community of, of people getting into embracing it. it. Yeah. And me too, man, because I was in he- into heavy metal when I was a kid, when I was like 16, 17. And it, they weren't a cool band. And they, well, and that's I, the thing. Yeah, they, so, for so you, they've always been like that joke of a band. band. Yeah. yeah. But uh, what, you, what you were saying then was they signed to Roadrunner in, what was it, 1999? Yeah. Um, and at that point, that label um, with like Sepultura, Slipknot, Machine Head, they were considered like a predominantly like metal yep. label. Yeah. So, when Nickelback joined the label- a lot of people like within that community were just sort of like, oh, this fucking sucks and they shouldn't be here. Yep. Other people later point to the, like that's the the time that the label started to decline for a lot, a lot of them. So I've got a story about that too, which is really funny, but um, I'll come back to that in yeah, a second. Yeah. But you know, that's something about music in general that I really hate is this like tribalism and this um, and playing teams. Like it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what label you're on or who your friends are. I just like fucking like music. Music is good and it should be okay to like everything. But people don't want to treat it like that. Mm. I don't think bands these days are that precious about stuff because when I was a kid, if you liked metal, you couldn't really like, I don't know, punk maybe. Or they were like, unless you were into some 41, like I guess that was a- Crossover. Yeah, that was a crossover. There was like plenty of examples of that. But- you know, was, I couldn't. Also like- I couldn't like electronic music, for example. Like those were two, like big no-nos. There was a little bit of a crossover of rap and heavy metal because of new metal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also, both were seen as dangerous music. Uh, well, I think the reason that people like were so possessive and it w- it was for teenagers and even people in their like early twenties. It's like a way of kind of figuring out who you are. It's yeah. like your, it's, it's like your identity. So to have so- something come in that is like a bit different kind of threatens that. Or- yeah, but see, now I don't feel like that's really a thing. And I, I've maybe spoken about this with you independent of the podcast, but I'll say it again, like as a teacher over the last four or five years of teaching 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds coming through TAFE. And I've got, I've got like specifically kids that are interested in music, obviously. So it's not yeah, like yeah. a great sample size, but- but considering that, the kids that like heavy metal are also the kids that love rap and love pop music and love EDM and like everything. They're not so- um, It's like the, the walls have been broken down. Yeah. You just kind of like music in general. And that was so different to how I grew up. Is that because perhaps things like Spotify where you can access everything and you're not like- It's not like back in the day when- Picking a genre was a big commitment because you had to buy the CDs, buy the merch. Yeah. Now you know you have you can get everything well, anytime. Spotify, you want. YouTube, or SoundCloud. Like yeah. All these places. So you're, you're, you're not as invested because you haven't put like a financial and yeah. time investment into these things. Exactly. And and people are. It's really cool because like I mean, particularly this is like going off on a tiny tangent, but like if you're in if you're a kid that's interested in music now and you go on SoundCloud and spend any time, it's like people are just shoving any style of music together and making anything that you like. And then it- Like new genres. New genres, like it happens every day. Mm. And it's really cool. It's like really creative. And that's 
what music should be. It should be an expression. It should be experimentation. And um, yeah, so like, like to go back for Nickelback and for people to be like hurling abuse at them in 99 for being signed to a label, that's not something I think you really see in 2021. Yeah, no. You know, well, that, that was the first point of that I could find online that was, that's when the, the, the hate started bubbling. Yeah. But that was sort of like underground metal. It wasn't too widely spread. Yeah. But then um, I found this thing that I think in America, at least, really catapulted them to be this like b- big joke. So, there was, uh, like, after they released um, Silver Side Up in 2000 and then The Long Road in 2003, they kind of had commercial success. So, they mm-hmm. were one of those bands that were sort of everywhere. Um, and there was this show on Comedy Central in the US called uh, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, mm-hmm. which is like a panel show with comedians who talk about like relevant new topics, news, yep. and stuff like that. I did like read that. about this today. Oh, did right. you? Yeah, I did. But yeah, I want, yeah, you, to, yeah. like, I, I, and I want you to describe it. So, there was... so. Um, there was a period for a month where Comedy Central ran a promo for that show, just non-stop nationally on TV. And it was uh, Brian P- Posen, is he say his name? Yeah, uh, From like Posen. Just Shoot Me and stuff like that. And he was talking about uh, Nickelback. So, he, he was responding to a, a study about, you know, do violent lyrics make people violent? Um, and in this ad, he goes, listening to Nickelback makes me want to kill Nickelback. <laughs> and that's what got aired for like a month straight, just nonstop to America. And so, everyone was kind of making a joke about it. Um, and then long after that ad had gone, people were still making fun of them and kind of forgot why. Yep. Um, so, I think that's definitely like one element, but it goes a lot deeper than that, I reckon. There was a general air of like, fuck this band in that mid-2000s. Because I didn't see those Comedy Central ads, but it was just escaping that Nickelback are really lame. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what it was more than anything else. Like, they're, they're a lame band. Um, and there was other like, plenty of other bands similar to that, like Creed was like that. Anything that had that same sort of sound, that like post-90s grunge sound was really, really lame. Yeah. Because what the cool kids were liking was indie rock. Like, that was really- Like, who are you thinking at that same time? I don't know. Like, Modest Mouse- <laughs> yeah does that i know i don't know why that band like pops into my head because i never really listened to them but i remember thinking like friends of mine that in 2002 2003 when we was trying to start bands and listening to music yeah, and yeah. sharing music with each other it went from being like hard rock stuff or something that had dirty guitars to being something that was what i would consider indie music you look at all those bands now none of them have had the longevity or the success of nickelback right? no and we can talk about Nickelback's success because they are the 11th highest selling the artist sold, of all time. I, so, I keep seeing people refer to them as like, they've, so, they've sold over 50 million records. And mm. it's like, even to this day, people still say that. Those figures are from 2010 or 11. Yeah. And it's like, it's got to be a lot more than that now. Yeah, 11th highest of all time. Like, that's a ridiculous, that's putting you in the likes of Michael Jackson, and ACDC, Shania Twain, like the the highest of all time. They're, in America, they I read the stat that they are the second highest uh, selling foreign artist of all time. Is that part of that? You know, when um, people get fame or success, other people want to knock them down. Like in the meme episode we talked about. Yeah. Is it the same thing where they're so successful that it just pisses people off? Yeah, probably. You know, it's. I've, I feel like I've sp- said this phrase a little bit recently quite a lot, but it's that thing of punching up. They are on top of the world, so it's it's okay to be hanging shit on them for like no one's getting hurt by that, uh, really. 
it's not like making fun of like an, an indie an band, emerging just, artist, yeah. or for you know, yeah, yeah, which which happens quite a lot, and it's like yeah. not called for. Or on but at in all. saying that, like Nickelback knows what people think about them. Yeah, I've got some quotes I'll read out a bit later. Yeah. And some. Some things like that. Well, actually, should, should we quickly talk about a couple of examples of some some specific hateful incidents? Yeah, well, let's do that. But let's take a quick ad break first. Love your and work. We'll come back to it. Shing. You know what sucks? What? The NRL. That's a hot take. That's not the only take. And you know what doesn't suck? Tell me. The take with Willie Mason on the Handshake Agency Network. That's right. Ex NRL and Australian international player Willie Mason discusses all things rugby league. You don't have to be a fan of the sport to get sucked into the podcast. But don't just take our word for it. Head over to thepodcasts.com.au now and listen for yourself. And we're back. We're, oh, we're oh, back. You beat me to you. it. Fuck. We're back. Yeah. Just in case you went somewhere, you're back. <laughs> um, so, we're going to talk about a few like bits and pieces of specific hatred. We talked about in our um, onstage incidents episode in Portugal in 2012 when they got booed off stage and had rocks thrown at them. Yep. But there's, there's a few other things I... Um, I came across. So in, in 2010, remember the uh, the Facebook group, can this pickle get more fans than Nickelback? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so somebody set up a group with that premise and within a month it had 1.4 million fans. <laughs> uh, and at the time, Nickelback had 1.38 million fans. That's so funny. <laughs> so um, a pickle beat Nickelback in a Facebook contest. Apparently the person who set it up, they spelt Nickelback wrong. They put the uh, E and the L the wrong way around oh, to really avoid funny. like any copyright issues. <laughs> um, it's the, I saw a website that did like a, a report on this Facebook group surpassing Nickelback and down the bottom uh, it said, Nickelback could not immediately be reached for comment. <laughs> um, another incident was in 2011, somebody set up a change.org position petition to have the band replaced as the halftime entertainment at like an NFL Yeah, um, I read up a little bit about this. game in Detroit. Yeah. It got 55,000 uh, signatures mm-hmm. and um, there's there's an interview and like Chad's talking about, someone asks him about it. Is this it. the Strombo one? Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. one I sent you. Yeah, yeah. And so, there's a few things he points out. The first thing he says was they were told that a local artist really wanted to perform that slot mm. and that they got wind that one of this guy's, like this artist's friends had set it up. Yeah. I was like, get Nickelback off. My mate can play. Yeah. Did you um, work out who that was? No, did you? No, I, I tried to look into it, but I couldn't find it. Because he was like, um, Chad was like, we're not going to give them any uh, publicity. Yep. Um, the second point was um, apparently one of their biggest markets is in Detroit. Yeah. So, that's a stupid fucking uh, petition. And the third thing was um, he pointed out like, yes, it's for Detroit, a Detroit event. Change.org can be accessed by anyone around the world. Yeah. So there's going to be people, probably like 500 people in Detroit signed it, and then the people in Australia were signing it, and who knows where else, you know? Yeah, it's just people jumping on to, to be mean. But during the that interview- internet, the internet is great for that. We all know that. Yeah, it's just a funny thing. Like, yeah. if they can get like 1.4 million Facebook subscribers over the course of a month, it's like, yeah, people love to. To, to stir shit. There was something else. Remember a while ago, every now and then just Nickelback pops up on your feed for some reason. Yep. There was a thing where you could tell on Facebook who liked Nickelback. It was like a, an app you could <laughs> install or like a plugin and you could, or a website. Uh-huh. And it showed you all of your Facebook friends who like Nickelback. That's really funny. Um, or like as you just like the page. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah. That's really funny. Um, and then in t- uh, that was recently, but in 2011, I read there was this um, app developer and they did this thing called Nickelblock app. <laughs> and it blocks Nickelback from a... From, it's, so, it's described as to block all mentions of Nickelback from your internet experience. So, it just yep. blocks... You get rid of them. Man. I mean, it's just so funny. It's You could do that with any band. It could... It, there's nothing... 
there's nothing that they do in particular that is so much worse or better than anybody else. Yeah, they were just the wrong the wrong place, the wrong time to cut to couple this. That's so funny, you know. Like, well, they, you're right. The, the wrong place, the wrong time. So they had, you know, there was there was this. So when they got signed to the label, there was some resentment, and then it was like that Comedy Central thing. Yep. Um, in Australia, we had the the. Do you want to talk about the paddle pop line? I mean, so someone that's Australia- something that I thought I thought about Chad Kroger, the obviously li- the lead singer of the band. I thought that about him for years and years, which is that yeah, the did you see it somewhere and then you all like I, I it was just one of those things that was floating around. It just might, embedded might within pre- the Australian zeitgeist. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was somebody in Australia mentioned it and it it just took off. Um, around the same time that I think Rockstar came out. So, they were already like hard to take serious after that song right. for a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. That was like- a, That was about 2005. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was after that song then. Um, and so, as Australians, knowing that and seeing him, it's kind of hard to like take anyone seriously once you- If you Google his name and Paddle Pop- No, sorry. If you Google Paddle Pop Lion- um, there'll be uh, like a series of images of the paddle pop lion, and every fifth <laughs> or sixth image will be Chad just scattered throughout. Yeah. So I yeah, because it's the it's the long hair and it's the fa- the beard and uh, yeah yeah I mean, yeah. This, I, I don't think that's exactly structure. why he cut his hair and shaved his beard, but like could be you don't know. Um, but you know that that rock star song is a parody as well, right? Well, I, see, I didn't, but I think a lot of people. That's the thing. It's um, and they've admitted that on several occasions where they wrote a joke song. It's supposed to be like a hey, I'm going to be a big rock star and we'll have, like have 15 cars and whatever. And people just automatically assume the worst. Yeah, they assume he's so shallow. And I mean, in, in, his, in the defense of that, the, the I like your pants around your, your legs, all that stuff. He, he's, they set themselves up for that. But in that situation, it's kind of a joke song. But that's also a country song, man. That's, that is the, the key song where I point to it and go like, yeah, Nickelback's a country band because of that one song. Gotcha. It's like a country song with heavy guitars. What is it that makes it country? Like them? What, what the way- is the, what I'm is standing in line. So, it's the way he sings The way well. he sings, the phrasing of it. It's, it reminds me of like- The lyrics? Like the, con- the content of some of the songs or- Man, if you put on like a big and rich song, it sounds exactly the fucking same, except it's a little bit heavier. And it doesn't have Billy. Well, it's got Billy Gibbons in it, which is rad. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top is awesome. So yeah, how am I doing so far? Are you uh, are you coming around to a bit of Nickelback? You reckon you're gonna hey, look, swing to my side of the fence? If if nothing else, me doing this has made me think about my thoughts of them previously, which I feel like I've been influenced by an invisible force. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's the same thing with like uh, bands like Simple Plan. Mm-hmm. It was like a thing where Man. oh no, they're not cool. Just yep. don't you know. Don't go anywhere near them. Man, did you ever like that band or not? Uh, no, purely because yeah. of just this uh, stigma surrounding them. Me too, man. I remember that vividly, 2003, 2004, whenever like that song, The Perfect, was their single, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and it it's was- all about like, woe is me. And a lot of other bands do that. Yep. Simple Plan, I think I figured it out. They sound, they, they came along a bit later and they sounded like a parody of the genre. Just, just the way he sung sounded a bit over the top. The lyrics were like, you know, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. And it, it just sounded like it was a parody. Right. So, to be already into like pop punk and punk rock and stuff, mainly pop punk, for like several years and to have a band like that come up after Blink and Green Day, it yep. just seemed like it was a, a cheap parody. But wasn't that the genesis of emo? Like, I thought emo came straight after that. Yeah, That's the thing. Emo, the lyrics are a lot worse than that, or a lot more like whingy and, yeah. and things like that. 
I didn't necessarily like emo, as you say, emo at first, like My Chemical Romance and The Used, but those bands yep. are sick. Man, yeah, me too. I hated that. That I really thought that. I think was that speaks lame. though to what we're talking about—the being like it's different. It's it's like it's like your identity. You couldn't like emo music without having a fringe, right? Yeah. Or you had to conform to these little groups. Man, the the first time I actually listened to uh, "Lies for the Liars," the used. Yeah, yeah. That album like fucking blew my head off, and I listened to it nonstop for about six months. And that's not even like one of their big albums. Yeah. You know, but that one. Again, talking about um, Sonics, and that's what I was listening to at the time. Like oh, what, the pro- sorry? The, like the sound of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, the production is really cool on it. And then I was just like, man, I like these. I like what they're doing. I like the pace of the music. Maybe I didn't identify with all the lyrics and the, the subgenre, the subculture of it. Yeah, but, yeah. But I just thought it was really cool music, and then I got hell into it. That was when I was in my, I don't know, early 20s yeah. versus in my teens were like, this is fucking lame. And same as Simple Plan, I just thought it was lame. Yeah, like, really and, lame I, and music. because of that, I've never given them a chance. Same, I guess, with Nickelback, I've never really given them a chance. But I think uh, they, so around 2010, um, maybe like 2011, 2012, they just decided to embrace it. Yeah. Like, I think they were always, they were always successful enough that they were kind of like, okay, whatever. But it got to a point where they were just like, yep. This like they owned it. Like you might have seen, they did a thing where they responded to a bunch of tweets from people I didn't on see Twitter. That, no. So that was in 2012. Um, I'll read a couple of them out. Somebody posted saying, "Nickelback makes me want to chop my ears off," and then Nickelback responded saying, "Did you do it yet? What's the holdup?" <laughs> uh, another one where somebody said, "My stereo turned itself on again to Nickelback again." Does it know I fucking hate them with a firing, burning passion? And then they responded to that. That makes your stereo excellent. Enjoy the flames. <laughs> so they just sort of, um, yeah, they kind of own it. And then that same interview where the um, the football thing, where the, yep. the change.org petition, you watched that video, right? Yep. Yeah. So they, he talks about, like Chad talks about early on in their career, they were like, well, it's not like we're going out and killing babies. And they were kind of like a bit upset about it. Yep. And then it got to a point where it was such a thing and made them so, like they were so, they were talked about so much because of it. He's like, I hope it never stops because yep. when it stops, I think we're in trouble. Yep. So I think it's that thing of extreme highs and extreme extreme success coupled with the contra- you know the that negative side of it. Yeah. So another response uh, from another interview that Chad did with a radio station, like a UK radio station called Absolute Radio. He said that like people think they take themselves seriously. Yep. When he says like half the stuff we do, like you used to mention before. Yeah. They're like just taking the piss and he'll say that when they tour, like they'll often just spend hours like mocking their own lyrics and coming up with like different lyrics and <laughs> which everyone does, right? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, like, so we're recording an album right now and how many times will like when someone's doing vocals, you'll mishear something or think of something and just start making fun of the song. Yeah. Like everybody does that and they do it with their own music. So they're not precious about their yeah. lyrics and who they are. And yeah, I think that they're just embracing it now. Yeah. I mean, one thing I really... I, I heard, I've heard this interview a little bit later on, but something about their music that I think is really important, oh, more to the character of the band and to him. Um, do you know Devin Townsend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, who's one of my favorite artists. And Devin does like really serious, like progressive heavy metal music. Um, and he gave this interview. He wasn't even giving an interview. He was just at a like a clinic or something in the UK like a couple of years ago. And there's a video of this on YouTube, but he talks about how... Um, he like Devin and Chad are the, about the same age and they're both like 
at the time, like, you know, say mid, late 40s sort of thing, both from the same town in Canada, never had anything to do with each other. And Devin was touring in the early 90s with like Steve Vai and stuff. That's where he got his start and then just doing like heavy music after that. Yeah. So anyway, they apparently they just were, um, he, Devin tweeted something like, oh, this new Nickelback song is pretty cool. And that was it. And he said he got flamed for it as well. And this is like maybe two From who? Twitter or fa- the industry? From Twitter, or? from Twitter. Just like people on Twitter. It's like, when was fuck this, you. Sorry? This is like probably 2018-ish. Oh my God. Um, it, this, the interview is from the early, like it w- is online from like 2019. Also, this is him recalling the story. Yeah, he's just telling interview. the story. He's like, yeah, I, I tweeted about it and I thought I thought the new Nickelback song was actually pretty good. And I got flamed for it. And then Chad replied and was like, hey, thanks a lot, man. We should catch up sometime. And he's like, all right. So he reckons- um, he went to Chad's house and he's like, man, Chad has fucking money, like enormous well, yeah, think Chad Kroger house you know, yeah. in Canada there. And so um, anyway, they're just hanging out and having a chat. He was saying at the time, this is Devin, he's saying like, I was making no money and here I am in Chad's enormous mansion. And he's like, had a bit of a crisis of faith, like maybe I need to go make a pop album. And he's having a chat to Chad about it. And Chad's like, man, you the only thing you need to do is keep doing what you're doing and- turn your vocals up in your music because you can't hear them. <laughs> but he said they had this really like serious conversation where Chad was like, the songs that I write are the songs that come out of me to write them. I'm not aiming to write a pop hit, but I just write what is authentic to me within my soul. Chad's so saying that. This is just what Chad's saying. And it might be really cheesy and really lame to a lot of people. Like clearly it is. And a lot of people might not identify it, identify with it, but in and of itself, like it is authentic and real to him. And, for someone like Devin to do it, because you look at pop music sometimes, you think, oh, it's really easy. It's four chords and love, 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 or just write some cheesy lyrics to it. Hey, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be authentic to Devin. So Devin is saying this, uh, giving this interview right before his album Empath came out, which is like 2019. Yeah, yeah. And Empath was like a really big deal for him. It was like, uh, like a very personal album to him. And very, very big in its scale with the musicians involved with it and how they record it. And there's like orchestra and stuff on it. It's like really big. But he said like meeting Chad at that specific time was incredibly important because if he didn't do that, he might have completely gone off the rails. Just written a shit record. Yeah. And just done it for the money. But instead he made an album which was like almost a definitive Devin Townsend album. Like it's a really great album if you're a Devin fan. So yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Like Chad is not someone that is- doing his thing just because it makes him a shitload of money. He's just doing the thing that is himself. I think it's like really, uh, really important for all artists to do. Well, the th- and the thing is, they haven't really changed since inception. They, yeah. they were maybe a bit more grungy at the start, right? But it's not like they changed and then, you know? So, yeah, they I think that, yeah, they, they haven't... It's not like they started off like real grungy and cool and then they changed and got successful. It was yeah. like they all, they've always been doing the same kind of thing. Well, they were doing covers in like the mid-90s and they went from doing that, like a lot of bands where they go from doing covers to make money to, you know, trying to incorporate some originals to being an original band to trying to be successful, you know? It was like a natural yeah. progression, so... Could you imagine... I just remember that... Imagine that story of like when he goes to his house and then just thinking about um, Chad now in his massive mansion... Um, just like in the morning, waking up, looking at all the hate, and just going, ah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Just like it's just there's so, so many people like Nickelback. Yeah, it's fucking, but it doesn't seem like it. I know, like people that you mentioned at the start were like, if you tell anyone that I like him, I'll fucking kill you. you yeah, know? like 
it's it, so bizarre. It's just music, man. Like it, it's it shouldn't be like this, but it, people still have this like identity thing about it, mm. um, which is unnecessary to me. I, I think I and I mean this. Like I say this to people a lot, but like all music is good. It's a Frank Zappa quote. Which is not much of a quote, but yeah, all music is good. I constantly plagiarize <laughs> yeah. people who can't legally pursue me anymore. Exactly, because he's been dead for almost 30 years. But like, it might not do anything for you at a particular day or time, but and it might not mean anything to you, but that doesn't mean it doesn't mean something to someone else, you know? Mm. Um, it do- All music doesn't have to affect everybody. It doesn't mean it's shit. It just is not your thing. Like, those are two very different things, like being bad and being just something that you're not interested in. And I, I think, think they just make music that is, like, good. It's like, it's a style of music that is identifiable for a lot of people. Yeah, I think if we were talking about a band that was perhaps on, say, the same level as... I'm trying to think of a smaller band that's been around since, like, the 90s. It just keeps going and they they, have, they haven't really gone anywhere, but they're still kind of around. Uh there's lots of a man from the 90s. You know, yes, okay, okay. So, if we're talking about one of those bands that had the same level of hate, you'd be kind of like, it doesn't seem fair. Like, it doesn't seem like the bad outweighs, the, you know, the the bad far outweighs the good in that situation. So, yeah. plus, um, some, I, I read that for the other guys of Nickelback, it must be great because nobody knows who they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, for Chad, he goes, he, he's known by everybody. Anyone else in Nickelback, I mean, sure, they've got diehard fans because of how many records they've sold and they yep. sell out shows, but most of the band could walk around in public and not be, like, harassed or... Yeah. And, you know, oh, I'm actually, pretty I sure wonder- it's three of, the, three of the four guys are the original members from the band, too. I think they've just had a few different drummers. I wonder, isn't, nice. isn't, one of, isn't like, Chad's brother in the band, Mike? Yeah, he's the other guitar player, I think. Yeah, so that's... Apparently, player. do you know how they came up with their band name? Oh, I heard something about working he used to, at Starbucks yeah, he used to or something. St- he's your Nickelback. And yeah. they used to be called something else, but they changed it to... Um, so, uh, Nickelback used to be called Village Idiot, <laughs> which doesn't that kind of go... That kind of tells you yeah. how they perceive themselves or how they ha- have since the start. Yeah, they just... They don't take them to... Like most... Like, you know, most people I know that do music are pretty not that serious. Yeah, yeah. But they when they get on stage and they perform, it's like they turn into different people. Do you find that? Yeah, Where they, yeah. they, they try to be like really cool and they like serious and like everything they're doing is really meaningful. Where it's like, for me, I don't care. It's just have fun. Like it's, it's always just having fun. Just, just do your best. Making everybody fun. laugh. Everyone gets stage, a trophy. Off the stage. Yeah. It's just like you're doing stuff because you like it. And I think that's, that's their thing is like who they are off stage, who they are on stage, who they are in the music. It's all the fucking same I wonder, thing. I, I think I was thinking about this before. How many people who just spray them with hate, if they were like in an elevator and Chad got in, what would they do? Or, you know, if they were, if, if they were in a situation where they were face to face with a band. They would do absolutely yeah. nothing. Or would the, how many people would go, oh, I love your music, if they, if they yeah. really hate it, you know? No, they, no one would say a thing. Can I tell you a really funny story though? Um, Better be funny. I listened to, you know, Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller? I do now. Well, you know Penn and Teller, the, the I musicians. do now. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Um, <clears throat> I, I tried to find this interview so I could recall a story, but um, it's been taken offline. But on Pendulette's podcast years ago, I used to listen to it a lot. He uh, told a story about how he was at a bar somewhere, like maybe in Canada. And he reckons he's just there. He doesn't drink, but he was just like at this bar and then, or a lounge or something. And Chad Kroger was just like a couple tables over. 
And Pendulette's like six foot seven and was over. He used to weigh like 300 and something kilos. He was fucking, oh, not three uh, kilos, 300 pounds or whatever, like 130, 40, 50 kilos. Like he was a big, big, big man. Anyway, he he tells a story about how he's sitting there and he just hears from like a few tables over, hey, tell her, hey, tell her. (laughs) And Penn's like, what the fuck? And he looks over and there's Chad just like yelling his name. And, he, and Chad, sit, it was with Avril Lavigne at the time. They were married. Oh, so yeah. she was sitting next to him. And he just comes over. He's like, oh, hey, man. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love what you do. Hey, um, hey, I reckon I can lift you up. And Chad said this? Yeah. And Penn's like, uh, he's like, no, seriously, I want to lift you up. And he gets real like macho about it. So this like six foot seven man, like, you know, Chad's a normal sized guy, but there he is just trying to lift Penn Gillette up. For was he, no was he trying bit. to impress? He's like, see, I'm better than your skater boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the purpose of it was, but Penn just like, okay. So he did it. Didn't know his name. Got like, <laughs> what? yeah, because it's fucking Penn, not Teller, but didn't care. Anyway, I just thought like the dumbest story of like, of Chad just doing this immature like shit. And this is mid 2000s. So it's not like early days. He's yeah. just like being kind of a dickhead. So there's, there's elements of, of him that, and there's like, uh, like fratty sort of stuff that he does, which I can appreciate why people like hang a little bit of shit on him. The bro kind of stuff. Yeah. But like at the same time, I heard another story about him where, uh, like, do you know, you know, the song, how you remind me? Yeah. Yeah. So it's got those stops and I've uh, been wrong. I've been down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know the story about that? I've got no idea. Well, apparently they were writing the song and um, they were like, oh, we need a bit more something in this song. So the drum tech was just like, hey, you guys should put some stops in those choruses. And, uh, and like, oh, that's a really cool idea. So they put the stops in. They finished the song. They released it. It makes a bit of money. And then they just went up to the drum tech and like, hey, man, that was a really good idea. Here's $5,000. Shoot, have you got more than that? <laughs> I don't know about that. They he didn't have they didn't have to give him anything, but the fact that he they just five thousand shut your fucking mouth, all right? Yeah, well, like that this was I think that must have been the first successful song they released, but they yeah, were like gotcha. I think that's a pretty nice thing to do for some for someone where you literally just you offered a suggestion in a song and they used it, but to get any recognition more than a like, oh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, like, yeah. oh here you go. We made a bunch of money. You deserve some some cash for that. I think that's a pretty cool thing. So anyway, long story short. I think they're a band that, like, Dan, I know the music you like and I don't think you'll enjoy listening to them, but hopefully as a result of this podcast, you won't just immediately hang a bunch of shit on them. I still feel gross thinking about them. Well, that's something that you're going to have to come to terms with, man. I don't know. It's just ingrained within me now. And every person I've told we're doing this today, they laugh. Oh, really? Who have you told? I've told a few people. You haven't told anyone. You're just fucking liar. Liar. I've got friends. No, you don't. I've got friends that aren't you. Jacko, did you tell Jacko? Told Jacko. What'd he say? He had a laugh, he had a giggle. Oh, yeah. Told Masty. Yeah. He had a laugh, he had a giggle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. As I said, hopefully uh, hopefully our listeners might not hate the band. That's what I think sucks. Like, to bring it back home, the band is fine, but people's attitude to the band is unnecessary. Hey, if you've got a cool story about Nickelback or you want to slam Troy, email us at thatsucksatthepodcasts.com.au. Chris Martin, if you're listening to this, I feel like you might have been at that Nickelback gig because you have good taste in music. If you did, hit us up and let us know what you thought. Or if uh, you have any Nickelback CDs, that think about how much landfill that is, 50 million record albums. <laughs> it's a lot of plastic. That is a lot, a lot of lie. plastic. A lot of plastic. Should we just shoot it all into space? 
Uh, yeah, let's let's do that. And then in a million years from now, aliens will be like, "What the fuck?" In a thousand years, it'll come back, and we'll have to it'll send rain Fry Nic- and Leela up there to uh, yeah. this episode of Future. I remember. I know, I know. Um, you didn't sound like you knew. I knew, I knew. Uh, well, anything else you want to talk about, Dan? Oh, you know, I could just talk to you all day. Oh. You know, yep. As long as it's not about Nickelback. You know what? Before we did this, I was like, I bet you there's a there's a podcast called In Defense of Nickelback or something oh, like yeah? that. And is there? There's no specific that, that I saw through my podcast app. No specific Nickelback podcast. Okay. There's but- one called Nickelbacken, which discusses things that are unfairly hated. Do you know what's funny is um, Nickelbacken. I I was trying to do some research for this, and if you type the phrase "In Defense of Nickelback," at least a half a dozen articles pop up. Really? Titled that. So I also we- found that if I type into Google, "Why do people hate?" Mm-hmm. the first thing that came up was Nickelback, <laughs> and then me, and then coriander. Oh, wow. That's funny. So, Coriana has an explanation, but- Does it? Yeah, you don't know that. Should we do, Don't say it. We'll do another episode All purely right. on coriander. Should we? No, let's not do that. That's dumb. All right. Well, then tell me then. Well, uh, yeah, let's, um, let's leave it there. Hey, so uh, if you like what you've heard, head to thepodcasts.com.au and check out all the other great shows. There's plenty of great shows. Good. And, uh, you know, if you've got any money left over after PayPaling me, buy some Nickelback records. They need, they need all the help you can get. Yep. And uh, hey, if you have any interesting topics that you think we should discuss on the podcast, once again, please uh, hit us up on social media at Troy Nababan, at Dan Crib. Or that sucks. Or Daniel Crib. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, until next week, peace out, everybody. Bye. Also, rate and review. Bye. That Sucks is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network. Who's in it and produced by Dan Crib and Troy Nababan. Recorded and engineered by Troy Nababan. Executive producer, Craig Chirico. Theme music by Dan Cribb and Troy Nebelman.